0: How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan McAloon, and I am joined by my awesome co host, Michael Farber. We are recording on Tuesday, November 8th, and today we are talking about Texas's win in Manhattan over Kansas State, previewing the huge game against TCU this weekend, and of course, talking about the insane recruiting buzz happening over the last few days. Before we get into all of that, though, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, tell your friends and family about us. After that, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns updated roster, depth chart, 2023 recruits and targets, any trending news plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check that out with all that said, Michael, how was your
1: weekend? Yeah. Yeah. My weekend was really, really good. Uh, Obviously. (laughs) uh, I I was at the game Saturday and that, that was really fun. Got to meet uh, a few really good people and, uh, I obviously enjoyed the outcome of the game and, and had a lot of fun. Um, but outside of that, it's been nice weather here for the most part. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this weekend, college game day, coming back to Austin, and, and uh, a really, really big game um, that could really turn the tide for the season. I know it's weird to say that, you know, uh, yeah. going into the third to last week. But, I mean, if we win this game, who knows what could happen. Uh, but overall, overall, really good weekend. I'm looking forward to this weekend, though. How about, how about yourself?
0: Yeah, also a great weekend for me. It was my one-year wedding anniversary, so shout-out to my wife. Um, she booked a complete surprise trip to, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I had no idea where I was going until we were literally, um, in line to get on the plane. So, um, <laughs> completely random. We've, I don't think we've ever even talked about Albuquerque, New Mexico, but it was a phenomenal time. Highly recommend going. We did the hot air balloon ride. Um, again, amazing trip, great weekend. And then um, to see Texas kind of cap it off with a huge win against the top 15 team in Kansas State um, couldn't couldn't be a couldn't be any better than that. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, those trips are always fun. Uh, I remember last year uh, we we both got married on a college football Saturday, which is against dumb, the rules. Dumb, yeah, it's really against dumb. the rules. <laughs> uh, but you know, this year or last year didn't turn out so well. So so I guess it's better we watched this year and didn't watch last year, I guess. Correct. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll spin zone it that way. But yes, that was um complete mental mistake on my part there. But that's okay. We we'll get through <laughs> it. Um All right, let's uh you know what? I think we need to talk about recruiting first. Um it has been an absolute whirlwind. Um, ever since I feel like maybe uh, yesterday or maybe even Sunday, I can't even remember. It's it all has happened so fast, but um, you know, Colton Vasek is probably the biggest thing that just happened right now. He just flipped from Oklahoma to Texas. Um, this happened a few hours ago at 4 PM. We're recording at 6:11 PM. So um, that is probably the biggest thing. Anthony Hill decommits from Texas A&M. Um, and then overall, just a huge recruiting weekend for Texas. Um, a lot of guys on official visits and um, on unofficial visits just visiting Austin for the weekend. So um, I'll kind of throw it to you here. Um, maybe just give us your thoughts on Colton Bassick and Anthony Hill, and then we'll kind of talk about those other guys um, as we see fit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bassick, he always seemed like one that would be a flip candidate, Uh from Austin, Texas, uh, grew up yeah. like 10 minutes away from campus. So, um, you know, losing him to OU uh, earlier in the year was kind of frustrating, um, mm-hmm. but it worked out for us. And, you know, he yeah. even put a quote out there that he was at the Red River rivalry game as an OU uh, recruit. He was on the OU side and just mm-hmm. seeing them absolutely get throttled and, and seeing his hometown team dominating. He wanted to so join much that. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, he ended up doing that today, obviously, at 4 p.m. But, man, he, he's a really good player. Really excited to have him um, in the class for now. Um, and then Anthony Hill. Man, this is one that we have been talking about for – since he committed to A&M, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. we, we've been talking about potentially flipping him and staying on him. And with the mess that's going on over in College Station right now – you know, it was inevitable, um, but mm-hmm. man, when, when we saw that, I, I believe it was yesterday or earlier today, um, what a feeling of joy and happiness <laughs> when he decommitted. And then, I, I mean, it's just a, a wave of crystal balls coming in for Texas. Um, and mm-hmm. the most important one is Steve Wiltfong, who if you follow recruiting at all, you know, if he puts a crystal ball in, it's 99% chance that that kid recruits to that school. And uh, Mm -hmm. he put one in for Texas, so it's looking really, really good recruiting-wise. I guess that's what happens when you beat a top-15 team on the road, Um, and you know potentially a top-four team um, this Saturday at home. That that would be a huge win and a huge recruiting boost. As you said, there's a lot of visitors on campus this weekend, and um, I the only only thing I'm worried about is I wish we could have got, or I wish Arch Manning would come visit this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Having him there with Jonte, uh, which several with several other current commits, um, just to sway the minds of uh, other recruits out there w- would be huge. Um, I don't know if he's going to make it. I-, I doubt he is, but but that would be a big piece. But even without him here, man, it- it's going to be an electric atmosphere, big time game uh, with Big Twelve championship game implications. Um, so you know, just winning this game and showing that we belong. Uh, at the top of the Big 12 will be huge for recruiting, and uh, who knows? If we have a big win, you know we could jump a couple spots in the recruiting rankings, and and maybe see a top five class here uh, before the weekend's over.
0: Absolutely, and you mentioned beating a top 15 team in Kansas State does a, gives a huge bump in recruiting. Um, Texas linebacker Jalen Ford being named National Defensive Player of the Week, yeah, um, at the linebacker position, which is coming into the season was probably our weakest position group. And it, it, it might still be our thinnest, but um, just the development of Jalen Ford, I think that had a lot, if not most um, to do with Anthony Hill, decommitting from A&M and seeing Texas as the clear favorite at this point. Um, you know, having a three-star linebacker like Jalen Ford come in and become basically a superstar um at this point in the season and the crazy part is he didn't even play that well the first couple of weeks i think i mentioned it week after week one i was like man this is not gonna look good but he has steadily improved and he's a bona fide superstar on this defense right now so i think his development has as much to do with anthony hill um leaning Texas's way as anything else
1: yeah, and Jalen Ford, I mean, like, like you said, week one was awful. He didn't even have a tackle in week one mm-hmm. against Louisiana Monroe. That I mean, that's just terrible yeah. for a starting inside linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. Week two played really well against Alabama. Uh, I think he had mm-hmm. 10 tackles and a sack. And then, man, he just turned it on from there. Um, yeah. I, I believe he's leading the Big 12 in tackles. Um, he's just dominated, <laughs> and he yeah. had uh the interception obviously Saturday and then the fumble recovery to end the game. Um, right, getting two turnovers it was huge for him and huge for his confidence. I, I only expect him to play better as the season closes out and even in next year,
0: yeah. And um, you know, the funny thing is, Damari and Overshone came into the season as uh what everybody thought would be kind of the superstar linebacker, but at the end of the game when Jalen Ford lands on that fumble and, and gets that fumble recovery in my head, I go, of course it was Jalen Ford, which <laughs> it, it, not in a sarcastic or anything way, just like, I he's the guy who has been making the play. He's been the playmaker in yeah. that, and that second level for Texas, it hasn't been overshone. Um, so just props to Jalen Ford there um, and props to the defensive staff for coaching him up and developing him. And, staying on these recruits because uh, we'll, we'll get into the rest of the recruits, but a lot of them are defensive uh, recruits um, coming on campus now. So props to this defensive staff for kind of sticking with these guys who had been committed. Um, but you know, it's, it's not a done deal until they've signed. And even then you keep that bridge open because of the transfer
1: portal. Absolutely. And, and like you said, you know we don't know what's going to happen uh you, the same thing happened a couple years ago with Xavier worthy uh mm-hmm. it, he was a really really late transfer but you keep those relationships you don't burn bridges and you know good things end up happening and uh, we're seeing that again with uh Anthony Hill and potentially a few others um in this class um but again it is recruiting's a long season um you know it it's not a sprint it's a marathon you you have to you have to make it the whole way. You can't just get out to an early lead and then fade off at the end. Um, you have to have a steady pace, and I, I think this coaching staff is really, really good at that. And uh, kind of what we saw last year was we got a lot of defensive line commits early on. We had those stockpiled. We had seven of them. And then we didn't see the offensive line commits come in until signing day or national signing day, too. Um I think it's going to be kind of the opposite this year. I, we already got our offensive lineman. We have those stockpiled right now. And I think the defensive side of the ball is going to be the one that kind of comes in late around our uh, early signing day and is going to surprise a lot of people, especially if we can finish out this season strong. Um, you know, if we, if we go out there and win out, um, we played really good this weekend, beat TCU, um, go to KU and, and beat them like we should and then come back home and beat Baylor. You know we're in the Big 12 championship game, and I I think we could beat any team in the country outside of maybe uh, Georgia and Ohio State. <laughs> you know, that that's ah. just that's just how I feel. And, yeah, you know I would
0: argue team... I would argue anybody, maybe yeah. Georgia, but I I think Texas has the talent to beat yeah.
1: everybody. A- absolutely, and, and if we think that we can beat anybody in the country we can definitely beat TCU twice in a year and and that's who Mm -hmm. is most likely going to be in the big 12 championship game. If we win out. Um, So you win the big 12 championship in year two under Sark and, and, you know, recruiting (laughs) skyrockets. We we had the, what was it? Top five class last year um, after going five and seven. Uh, If we win the big 12 championship game, it, it may be a top two top three class. That's just how confident I am in the staff and, and how well they're recruiting uh, as of right now. So, there's a lot of things that can't happen and i think there's a lot of things that will happen. It, we just got to be patient let cards fall how they may and then you know we'll we'll most likely reap the benefits.
0: Absolutely. Um okay, let's I, i'm just going to read off a few names here. You can kind of pick and choose who you want to talk about, but guys who are going to be on campus um, for this TCU game as we know now, which Officially and unofficially, it's, it's kind of hard to tell who actually is going to make it and who isn't. Um, if it's an unofficial, they can easily drop out. So don't hold me to these names, but a few guys that we can talk about that are huge uh, Texas targets right now. JV and Taviano, uh, defensive back. Marcus Deal, offensive lineman, but also a defensive lineman. Jelani McDonald, athlete, but mostly a defensive back. Bravion Rogers, a defensive back, um, currently committed to Texas A&M. Jaden Greathouse, wide receiver, currently committed to Notre Dame. Um, Deuce Robinson, a USC lean right now, but a top twenty tight end or a top twenty player playing the tight end position. Um, along with DeAndre Moore, wide receiver, currently committed to Louisville, and Tyler Scott from Georgia. He's the he's the one I know least about. We offered him October 30th, though, so very, very recently. Um, he's a top 600-ish player, so he's a little bit lower, but he's a defensive back as well.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we both agree on this, but we need to hit the, uh, the defensive backfield hard. Yes, um, I
0: think I bring it up every time we talk about <laughs> recruiting. <laughs> yes, and,
1: and it's, it's true, though. It's, our, our front seven has been fantastic this year um last year we got gashed by the run over and over and over again and that just hasn't happened this year we played yeah. one of the best running backs in the country last week in in uh in uh uh deuce deuce fawn yeah i was thinking deuce robinson <laughs> no, that's that's not right uh but in deuce Vaughn, and you know we we kind of held him in check he he got away early a few times um he beat us in the pass game which is Ooh. why we need to recruit uh the <laughs> dbs a little bit better but yeah. um in in the run game, we kind of held him in check, didn't let him do anything crazy. Um, mm. And that's just something that we couldn't do last year. Uh, right. Looking at the stat sheet right now, 19 carries for 73 yards. He had a 3.8 yeah. average. That That's not a terrible average, but that's nowhere near where he plays at uh, week in and week out. I think he's more around six or seven. Um, so being able to hold him in check was fantastic to see. Um, again... We need to recruit DBs, though, because mm-hmm. we have been lit up in the past game a lot. And, and I, I understand this is PK's philosophy. It's playing zone, sitting in zone, no big plays, Ben, mm-hmm. don't break. Phil are wins. That That's how he plays. And yep. for the most part, that has worked for us this year. Mm-hmm. But there are a few times where it just looks like we're lost in coverage or, y- you know, we get – there's a busted coverage, and guys are wide, running wide open, especially across the middle of the field, and it's just so frustrating. We saw that with Malik Knowles a couple times um, Saturday. Mm-hmm. But, man, if, if you bring in uh, Jamie Toviano or a, uh, a Bravian Rogers or yeah. Peyton Bowen, he was potentially going to visit this weekend um, mm-hmm. or for the game. I, I saw something that I think was posted on 24-7 or IT um, that said, he may potentially come in Sunday, though. So he may still visit, just not for the game. But pulling a player like that, those three guys, that could change our program. <laughs> you know <Right. laughs> that, That's how talented they are. Um, and and I, I know we're not supposed to look at the stars. It's not only stars. It's not only rankings. But but you look at Alabama and Georgia. They pull five stars over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to miss on a couple of them. But if, if you're pulling... Yeah, if you're pulling in 15-5 <laughs> stars and you missed on three of them, you're you're going to be very successful. And and that that's just how it goes. Um, yeah. Stars play a little bit into it. Um, but, yeah, if you can land five stars from Texas and keep them in the state, that's huge. Uh, another one, Deuce Robinson, you talked about. But having a playmaker at tight end, we've seen what that's done for this offense um jt has lit it up this year (laughs) and and you know he looks really really good once he goes to the nfl we need somebody to replace him and i think that's who deuce robinson can be um just that electric tight end who's a great receiver quick um big body and i think that's what we will get out of him so um that one's more of a stretch in my opinion i think he's more usc and he's that kind of West coast guy and may want to stick out there, but, but who knows, maybe we have a good weekend. Um, we dominate TCU and we showcase the tight end position and he decides I, I may want to take a second look at Texas. Um, but it's a big weekend. I, I can't stress that enough. It, it's going to be a fun weekend and, you know, I just can't wait for Saturday. It's going to be really fun. Um, and, and hopefully we come out with the win and show that we, can win games that we're supposed to win. I, I know TCU is ranked higher than us right now, but, but, um, we're favored <laughs> somehow By every touchdown. every week we're favored. <laughs> um, so hopefully we can come out and show that we deserve to win and we can win these games and, and put on a show for all these high star recruits that we have coming in.
0: Absolutely. Okay. A lot to unpack there. Um, so I'm just going to start with the deuce Robinson. um, Yes, like you mentioned, USC lean, um, but he is such a talented tight end, and I can't help but just daydream about him and Jatavian Sanders playing next to each other um, next year. But um, I think the only reason Texas is still in this recruitment and it's not a USC lock is because of how, um, you know, catered uh, Steve Sarkeesian's offenses to the tight end position, and I think Dush Robinson knows that as well. Um, so that's kind of keeping Texas still in in the thick of this recruitment here. Um, uh, I, I I missed. Did you talk about Gene Greathouse at all yet?
1: I, I did not. I did not.
0: Yeah. So Gene Greathouse, he's currently committed to Notre Dame, um, top 150 ish player. Um, at the wide receiver spot, he is nothing like what Texas recruits at wide receiver. Though he is six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds, um, you could basically put him at tight end, and he's pretty similar to what Jalil Billingsley looks like. You know, um, he's at the wide receiver spot, though he's from Westlake Austin. So I feel like he would be a nice addition to this wide receiver room just mm-hmm. because he brings something different, but. Um, I think Texas needs priority to land on that defensive back spot, which, which you talked about really well with JV and Taviano, Bravian Rogers, but then even guys like Jelani McDonald, who is a four-star player, top 350 ish, uh, range. Um, so it's not as sexy as those five-star players, but, um, he just decommitted from Oklahoma state and, we know Oklahoma state has done a great job at um, recruiting and evaluating these hybrid safety slash linebacker types. So pulling a guy from that school specifically to Texas, I think is very telling. Um, so a guy like McDonald, I think I would be really excited for um, just cause he brings um, you know, more bodies into this DB room, which is something we harp on every week, but mm-hmm the sexy names and Toviano and Bravion Rogers and even um, Peyton Bowen, which I think is a little bit more of a uh, long shot at this point. Um, And they're all pretty big long shots because Bravion Rogers is still committed to A&M. Bowen is still committed to Notre Dame. And Toviano is right now a huge LSU lean. So they're all right now trending away from Texas, but if we land one of those three, I think that totally changes our DB room. Um, all three of them could probably play in that nickel spot or on the outside. In Bowen's case, he could play one of those safety spots. But um, I would be really excited about any of those three guys parlayed with a Jelani McDonald, who is a little bit more of a, um, a bigger body type at that safety spot for Texas
1: yeah and, and you know especially after losing Jameer Johnson um right. bring it being able to recruit um more safety help and more db help is huge um mm-hmm. but yeah it it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out again it's probably going to come down to early signing day um but we'll see we'll we'll see what happens and uh all all we have to do is win <laughs> if we win yeah. it, it it's a lot sexier for for um recruits to come to this to come to texas um you know the recruiting class we had last year it, it probably wasn't you know their their favorite idea to go to a five and seven texas that's they probably sat on that a little bit and thinking you know is this going to be more of the same that we've seen over the past 12 years is this is going to be the right. same texas um but coming to a potentially big 12 championship texas a 10 win texas you know that that's that's more of what. We were used to seeing in the 2000s and and, uh, early 2010s, but they haven't really seen that yet. The recruits haven't really seen that yet. So we'll see. uh, Winning solves a lot of things, and uh, I I think if we win Saturday and win um, by more than a touchdown, it's just going to skyrocket, and it's going to be a really, really fun next few weeks.
0: Absolutely. All right. Um, Before we get into the TCU, let's talk about this Kansas state game a little bit. You were at the game. I'm going to kind of give you the floor here. Um, If you want to just start um, Texas offense and then go to Texas defense and then maybe your overall thoughts.
1: Yeah. Texas offense um, looked good early on. Wasn't perfect. Quinn wasn't perfect, obviously, Um, Mm -hmm. but he did what needed to be done to win the game. That that's that's right. what I'll say. Um yep. there were a couple deep throws that he missed, um a couple to Xavier worthy which it seems like that's a trend he just miss, misses them deep or they're not on the same page. Um mm-hmm. but overall he he played a decent game, not great, not bad, just just decent average what he's supposed to do. Um Bijan oh my god <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're at the game and i've heard people say this before and, and i understand it but when you're at the game you can't really tell stat wise what's going on um, yes absolutely Bijan broke a couple runs and right before or it was halftime and i was like man i feel like Bijan's around 100 that 100 yard mark so i went went on Ooh. twitter And, oh, my God, he had 161 yards at (laughs) halftime. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. Um, Obviously, he played great, though, finishing uh, with 209 yards, seven-yard average, which is crazy, Um, and and a touchdown. Um, And Roshan didn't play bad either. He had the one fumble on, Mm -hmm. by the way, a great, great play design, great play call on fourth down. I absolutely love that. Um, it's more of a triple option look, and it was beautiful.
0: <laughs> but mm-hmm.
1: but he breaks that, and and obviously gets chased down from behind, and gets the ball knocked out. But yeah, other than that, he played really well. Um, also, yeah, uh, scored that, a touchdown as well. Yeah, go- that play
0: reminded me of like a horror movie where the person is kind of walking, <laughs> and you're just yelling like behind you, behind yeah. you, please, for the love of God, look. And yeah, Roshan John, like you. If you're watching from TV, I don't know if you saw the highlight, but, and I'm sure you saw it live too, but the guy held his fist. Oh, I know. For what seemed like forever. It was insane. So I'm um, sorry. I just wanted to get that out there. No,
1: no. Like... It, it's absolutely true. I was sitting there and, like, I have that same, they're on the opposite end of the field. So I can kind of see, and I just see the guy with his arm up. And I'm like, oh, no.
0: And, yes. and, and of course, it gets punched
1: <laughs> out. But, yeah. Watching it live, it felt like he was running for ten seconds with his arm up in the air. <laughs> but right, yeah. watching the replay it was only a couple <laughs> seconds. But it, it was it was still funny to see. Um, but yeah, that that was his kind of unfortunate event. Um, again, mm-hmm. other than that, he played really well. Um, in
0: that, you really can't totally blame. Yeah, him. I mean, yeah. that was a great defensive play. I think yeah, he got more props in that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was a great defensive play by that DB. Um, and then Xavier Worthy, he had two touchdowns, but Mm -hmm. man, it just, it just seemed like he wasn't on the same page with Quinn. And I know I talked about it a little bit, but they just don't seem to be in sync. And, you know, Quinn, Quinn said it earlier this week. I I think he was doing media time, but, um, he said, once you hit the first one or once you hit one, it's kind of like the dam breaks and you start hitting them over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that happens uh this Saturday. They they hit a couple deep balls and break break a couple deep ones. But um he played well. Obviously had the fumble. Really, really frustrating because that was a really big third down conversion and um really good catch over the, and throw over the middle and then mm-hmm. just gets it knocked out at the end there. But uh he had two touchdowns um and four catches. So he he played fairly well. Um oh one, one thing Quinn uh on his on Xavier's first or second touchdown, it was the corner route um, in -hmm. the right back of the end zone. But Mm -hmm. that was such a great throw by Quinn. Yes. I I was sitting there (laughs) and uh, I was in the end zone. So it's kind of like you have that all 22 view, which I love. Mm -hmm. And um, Xavier is running towards the field goal post when Quinn throws the ball. And I'm like, Oh no, but then Xavier snatches back the other way and catches it in the corner. It was beautiful um, mm-hmm. and such anticipation by, by Quinn Ewers. But, but what a route and what a throw there. Um, other than that, though, you know, it was, it was a really, really exciting first half and a really, really not boring second half, but scary second half. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just seemed like we were making the plays, but we were shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, False start mm-hmm. penalties, um, drop balls, uh, just just stuff like that was really frustrating. Uh, but all that matters is that we won. So <laughs> that right. that's that's kind of my takeaways from the offense. I'll I'll let you hit the offense here, and then we can jump to the defense side of the ball. Yeah, I think you laid it out really well. Obviously, you didn't miss a
0: play. You were at the game. Um, <laughs> Quinn Quinn Ewers, I think his superpower. Everybody talks about his arm strength and his natural throwing motion, his quick release. I think his superpower is anticipation throws. Yep. I think he is absolutely elite at that, which is probably one of the best superpowers you could have. Um, If you're on an offense, that's a well-oiled machine, which this Texas offense isn't quite there yet because we do see this offense sputter at times, but I think, Next year, I think it should be a well-oiled machine because you're going to have these playmakers all back for Quinn Ewers. You're going to have Worthy. You're going to have Sanders. You're going to have Nair now in year two. Although he didn't play in year one, he still has that playbook. Um, and he had all of the offseason. Um, uh, am I missing anybody else here? Um, well, I know you want to leave Bijan and Roshan in, but I think we have to take them <laughs> out until they announce it. Um but even those, those, those three guys, um, add in Brendan Thompson, who's going to be in year two, Quinn Ewers is going to have a huge, um, you know, amount of chemistry with these guys. Um, and I think that anticipa- those anticipation throws are just going to be even more, um, you know, prevalent in this offense. So overall, I think that is Quinn Ewers' biggest superpower. I just wanted to get that out there real quick.
1: No, no, I, I I completely agree. Um he looks fantastic yeah. um with those in patient throws. It, it's just the, the deep ball that you know that that's kind of yeah. what we were hoping he would hit on and he, he did a little mm-hmm. bit um against Alabama. Yeah. Obviously got injured in the first quarter, so we didn't get to see it continue throughout that game, but but man, the the deep balls, if he gets that down, this this offense is gonna be scary to watch and, and it's gonna be really fun to watch as well. Um yeah. Yeah. I'm glad
0: you brought up the Alabama game. I think Quinn Ewers hasn't looked as good as he did against Alabama since Alabama. Yeah. So I am comfortable saying that I, there's still got to be a little something tweaked with his uh, with his collarbone or shoulder to, I don't know, maybe not, but I think it would be weird for him to play at such an elite level against Alabama and just not be able to replicate it against lower level of defenses. Um, it, you could pick any defense in the big 12, it's not as talented as Alabama. Um, I know Alabama is having a little bit of a down year. So maybe that, um, is why, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like the big 12 defenses, even if they are better than Alabama, they're not that much better than Alabama. So I think yours might still be a little hurt. Um, and he's just kind of playing through it and, but you know, the deep ball, with Xavier Worthy just hasn't worked out and it's kind of bizarre to see because the rest of Worthy's game is incredible um you mentioned the corner route and you know we all saw that whip route he had against uh Iowa State to win the game those those parts of uh Worthy's game are, are still awesome um I don't know maybe maybe it's less to do with um, Quinn and Hudson card and more to do with how worthy is running these routes. I, I don't know. I honestly, I I find it hard to believe that every, all of our quarterbacks just can't hook up with uh, Xavier worthy on deep routes who in theory should be one of the best deep, um, deep threats in
1: the big 12. Yeah. And, and, maybe even in the country <laughs> in theory. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, yeah, it, it's just really frustrating. And and um, like, like I said, may, maybe they get it together. Maybe they start hitting them uh, here at the end of the year and kind of continue that into next year. Um, mm-hmm. But they just need to find some rhythm on those deep routes. Um, yeah. And, and maybe it's just because he's double-covered. We saw a lot last year where he was in single coverage, um, beating teams over the top. And, and this year mm-hmm. we just don't have that weapon on the other side. Um, which yeah. would have been Isaiah Nair, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, and, and hopefully they can start hitting him uh, this weekend and, and continue that through the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, what are your thoughts on this Texas defense or maybe the team as a whole overall?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> the, the defense played – really bad the first two drives for Case Tate, and then mm-hmm. kind of settled in and played a lot better. Um, I think that's
0: a common theme as well for Texas. Yeah. yeah. I don't know it, if you agree with that.
1: It's really weird. It, it looks like they're terrible on the first drive. They get, they drive down the field and score. And then um, mm-hmm. once the opposing team finishes their script, it's like we, we settle down yes. ease into it and, and we kind of play well the the rest of the game. Um, give up 27 points. I don't hate that. I I really don't because I I think most of the time we can outscore teams who only score 27 points. Um, and that's kind of your objective. You want to score more points than the other team. So if the defense can hold them, uh, to that 25 ish, 20 to 25 range, I'm happy with that. Um, I, I, I don't understand how we can't, um, get a hold of the quarterback. There were so many times <laughs> Adrian he was he was done for and he just slips out of it runs for 5-10 yards. So many times it was so frustrating. Um, again fumbles they just don't bounce our way except for the last one at the end of the game. Um, we we have two fumbles and they recover both of them. They mm-hmm. have three fumbles and we recover one and yeah I like I, I'm just trying to understand how the ball just doesn't bounce our way it's been like that for the past few weeks as well where the ball gets on the ground and we just can't come up with it um if we didn't get that last one i would have lost my mind i I don't even know what i would have done but (laughs) but uh uh, overall i think the defense played well um again i i would rather um adrian martinez beat us than deuce vaughn because we know Mm. deuce is a great player um he played really well he had I'm looking at now like 160, 159 all-purpose yards. Um, that's, that's just what he does. Um, being able to stop him in the run game, though, was very important, and we did that, and you know we let Adrian Martinez throw on us. Um, he threw for almost 330, but that's not going to win K-State games. They have to rely on the run game um, and, and force Adrian Martinez to throw the ball, and that's what we did, and, and we came out uh, with a win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think this defense kind of stood up in the second half and limited Deuce Vaughn and, like you said, kind of made Adrian Martinez beat us, which, um, to, to be fair, he almost did I uh, lead that comeback. <laughs> but you know what? That's, that is why you make that bet because at the end of the game, he ended up – it didn't work. So um, that's why you make Adrian Martinez beat you because apparently – he can't. So, (laughs) um, not to sound too blunt about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, overall my thoughts, great win. Um, and it's just nice to see them hang on to a lead. Um, you know, I, I think it went through every single Texas fan's mind is, Oh my God, they have a 21 point lead, but like, What's it going to look like in the second half? And it, it looked the same way. I think all our fears had is, um, you know, they couldn't, Texas couldn't score, couldn't pile onto that lead and they let Kansas state kind of creep back. Um, But to Texas's credit, they held on. And that's all you have to do to win football games is just hold on to the lead. Um, So it wasn't pretty, but, it got the job done, and they beat a top 15 team in Kansas State. So they kept their Big 12 championship aspirations alive, which is um, really all you can ask for at this point, especially now that we're seeing Oklahoma State's downfall. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, Texas has, um, you know, kind of – they are in, uh, in control of their own destiny now with the Big 12 championship game. They win out, they're in, so.
1: Yeah, and you know that that's kind of how we wanted it to play out. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't expect it being Oklahoma State losing twice, uh, yeah. but but uh, that that's all right. I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, Texas, we control our own destiny. Went out, we're we're in, and it, it's kind of like we've been there several times this year, um, and we just haven't been able to play up to that standard and and. Uh, produce a win Uh, again this weekend, big time game against TCU. Um, All we have to do is win. (laughs) It it sounds Mm -hmm. simple, but, but uh, Texas seems to make it so complicated. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, One thing I am happy with that we didn't see last year. um, We didn't turn one bad loss into two bad losses or three bad losses. Yes. Um, We lost, we played terrible against Oklahoma state before the bye week went into, went into Manhattan and did our job, did what we were supposed to do. Um, yeah. last year that didn't happen. We turned one loss into five in a row. Uh, yeah. so being able to come out and win against a very good Kansas state team, um, is exciting to see. And especially, um, Sarkisian, I, I think that was his first top 15 win at Texas. Um, uh, so, Getting that out of the way, kind of getting the monkey off his back, is huge, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to pay off in the long run.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You hate going into year three or year four, and you have, um, you know, graphics like that underneath the coach's name that has <laughs> yeah. never beaten a top ten, top fifteen team. Um, I think the most common one is when you watch Jim Harbaugh um before beating ohio state there was oh, those, yeah. those bad those bad graphics and then they make the circles in twitter and everybody gets their ha-has in and uh it's just brutal so good to see sark um get that win here um all right any parting shots before we get into uh the tcu preview
1: no no i don't think so
0: all right um we will take a short break and when we're back we'll talk about tcu How's it going, Longhorn Nation? We are back to give you the preview to the massive matchup against TCU. Um, college football playoff rankings just came out. Um, TCU gets up to number four, which I don't think is very surprising. Um, you know, they're one of four unbeaten teams left in um, the FBS. So good to see TCU up there. Um, Texas. Gets into the top twenty. They're at eighteen, um, the highest-ranked uh, three-loss team in the country.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I know people get made fun of for saying this, but we are probably the best three-loss team in the country by a lot. Um, yeah. it, it's it, it's just like we're waiting for uh, to see a full game out of this team. We're waiting to see. Mm-hmm us reach our full potential for this season and it just hasn't happened yet it looked it looked like it was maybe going to happen against Alabama again we talked about this earlier Quinn gets hurt in the first quarter and it just kind of levels out <laughs> you know the, the yeah. offense kind of levels out it, and defense just plays really well um but who knows maybe this is the week that we see the the full potential of this team and we just go out there and absolutely dominate TCU um I, I think it would be fun to see and and uh I, I think you would agree as well yeah, and you mentioned it
0: um, at the top that Texas might only, um, you know, not be able to hang with Georgia and Ohio State. I, I don't think Ohio State is, is that good. Um, they look terrible against um, my hometown team, Northwestern, um, in Evanston, which is surprisingly a really hard place to play because the crowd is basically um, like 100 students every Saturday, so hard to get up for that game, um, I'm sure, if you're Ohio State, but um, in all seriousness, I mean, Ohio State hasn't played literally anybody this entire season, Um, their toughest opponent for the season is easily going to be Michigan, and that's kind of about it, Um, the rest of the Big Ten is cheeks, they are terrible, so, um, you know, I mean, Penn State is ranked 14, that is Far too high. That is a national brand just kind of keeping them up there. Um, They're not that good. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think Ohio State is a little bit overrated right now. Um, They barely beat Notre Dame to begin the year. Um, Obviously, Notre Dame just beat Clemson, but they're definitely not some kind of powerhouse team, and their offense is absolutely terrible as well they'd fit right into the big 10 west with uh iowa and wisconsin so (laughs) um yeah i don't know i just don't think ohio state's very good i think texas is talented enough to hang with basically anybody we saw it against alabama georgia would be the biggest um question mark at that point because we just saw georgia um basically dominate tennessee uh, who everybody was everybody's darling um through the first nine weeks, but that's why we play 13 weeks, because um, Tennessee kind of showed um, that they're just not there yet, um, specifically defensively.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I kind of like this side of you, going in on the Big Ten. I, I like that. <laughs> it's, I'm in the Big Ten country, so I watch a ton
0: of Big Ten, and I have my entire life. Um, so, yeah, I –
1: <laughs> no, but but it is well deserved. I I completely agree. I think the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, um, for the most part, is a joke. It, it's very very top heavy, um, and, and that's kind of the complaint we've heard about the SEC for a while now. But yeah. the SEC is a is turning out to be a very deep conference, um, and especially when Texas and OU get added in a few years or a couple years, um, that that's just going to expand even more. Um, so I, I completely agree. Ohio State. Hasn't really faced anybody. Their best team was Notre Dame, uh, and that was what week two of Freeman's yeah. first, first year. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Ohio State, Michigan is always a good game. Um, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if Michigan wins again. Um, yes. But but yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see you know who wins that game and how far the other team drops <laughs> after right. that game. Um, I do have a question for you before we get into the TCU-Texas game. Um, mm-hmm. If Texas wins this weekend, how far do you mm-hmm. see us jumping up and how far do you see TCU falling?
0: That's a good question, actually. Um, all right. Um, this might take a little bit longer because this is just how I, my brain operates. <laughs> Clemson, Clemson's number 10. Alabama's number 9. USC's number 8. LSU's number 7. Oregon's number six and Tennessee is number five. Um, So obviously you would have to rank TCU and Texas pretty close to each other. You would, you could argue that Texas should be above TCU because they just beat them this late in the season. Um, I think Texas would kind of creep into that top 10, honestly. Um, I think Clemson might drop out of the top 10 at that point. I think TCU might drop out of the top 10 at that point. But um, even if Clemson doesn't drop out, I think TCU drops out of the top 10, maybe sits at 11 there um, right above Ole Miss. And I think Texas kind of gets into that number 10 spot in place of them. And everybody else kind of shuffles, however, which way the rest of the se- rest of the week goes. But I would say ta- Texas turns into a top 10 team and TCU falls out of the top 10.
1: I, I could very well see that as well. Um one theory I have is TCU. They're they're obviously getting the respect, top four team. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like as soon as they they lose one game, the the, the playoff committee is just going to absolutely kill them. They're going to drop them. They're going to drop them so far just because they agree a lower level Big Twelve <laughs> team.
0: Um, I agree. So TCU, they're waiting for TCU yeah. to drop out. They don't want. Them. <laughs>
1: yeah, I could see T- if TCU loses this weekend, I could see them being around fifteen. That's how drastic yeah. I think it could yeah. fall. Um, yeah. But another part of me thinks one lost TCU, three lost Texas. They have to keep TCU above Texas. Mm-hmm. That's, I, yep. I, I don't agree <laughs> with that, but I could see that happening. So I could see mm-hmm. maybe TCU sitting at 11 and Texas at 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just kind of that, – that's the two options I have playing in my head right now. Um, but, again, who knows? Texas needs to win, and I guess we'll see what the playoff committee thinks.
0: And you know what? The only problem with that, though, is, um, and this is this is more than just about football. This is about national branding. Yep. This is about <laughs> being bowl eligible. If you don't um, put Texas above TCU right now, um, well, actually, I, I should take that back. Because if Texas beats TCU, they will almost definitely be playing each other in the Big 12 championship game. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously Texas would have to take care of business and beat Kansas and Baylor, which by no means are easy games. But say all that happens as well, they could keep TCU ahead of Texas just because, like you said, having a number, a one-loss team be at, be behind a three-loss Texas might look bad. But um, in that Big 12 championship game, if Texas wins again, now they can move Texas up as, as far as they want, basically, because at that point the rest of the college football landscape should kind of, um, shift and maybe USC catches a loss or two, maybe Alabama catches a loss or two. Um, not saying that they would want to take those, um, those teams out either, but maybe Oregon or, or, uh, Tennessee, um, they could basically just put Texas anywhere they want in the top 10, um, pro- obviously outside of the top four. I think Texas's ship has sailed there.
1: Yeah, and that's what's interesting. If Texas wins out and they win the Big 12 championship game, they're probably going to be sitting around six, six or seven. I would say seven, yeah, right. And, and, they're, and yep. they're kind of inching towards the playoff, but – there's no way there's no shot that they put a no. three loss team in there. That that's no. just kind of what it you, is, but it, yeah. but if Texas wins out, I, I could see them sitting around that six or seven spot and, and people saying, mm-hmm. does Texas deserve a spot? They lost two games without their starting quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that argument is going to win out, especially with the playoff committee, but I, I could Correct. very well see people saying, Hey, their their two losses came without their starting quarterback. Do we give them a shot? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we deserve a shot with three losses. I think it's unfair to the other teams who only have one loss. Um, But I I could see it happening, and I could see those conversations happening as well.
0: Well, and this is a perfect case study. And, again, this is if Texas wins out, so it's very much um, not a done deal. But this would be a perfect case study for why you need a 12-team playoff. Because a team like Texas who lost, dropped a couple bad games, but, you know, it's... a Basically, a true freshman's um, first year starting in Quinn Ewers. Um, Obviously, a redshirt freshman, but he skipped his first, his last year of high school to come to college. Um, His first year starting, he was actually out for two of the Texas losses, um, and one of those losses being a one point loss to a dominant Alabama team. Um, You could argue that, and we already have talked about this, but Texas might be able to hang with anybody in um college football so them sneaking into a college football playoff in a 12 team playoff they could easily win out and i would uh i would argue that if that were the case texas might be might have like a top four odds to win the college yeah. football playoff yep. as like a number 10 seed or number eight seed however um that would work but i would argue that they'd probably have um the fourth best odds to win it all
1: yeah, and, and not to mention their loss with Quinn Ewers came uh, to a number 11 ranked Oklahoma State team who at the time mm-hmm. had their starting quarterback uh, and played, and we just played terrible. Uh, right. I, I know that plays into it a little bit. Obviously, Oklahoma State lost to KU last week and, and got dominated by KU, but um, I don't think yeah. Spencer Sanders played, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just a mess right now in Stillwater. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it could get interesting at the end of the year. But again, yeah. Texas just needs to win. <laughs> that yeah. solves a lot of things. <laughs> and and yeah. they just haven't been able to do it for the past 12 years. So let's hopefully we can flip the switch mm-hmm. here um, in November and, and turn things up and, and, you know, try to bring a trophy home from Dallas in a, in a few weeks
0: absolutely yeah we keep and i think we do this every other week where um when they win we say ah oh, dude they could be in the new year six bowl like before is college football playoff but now it's new year six bowl you know top seven top eight and then when they lose it's like all right well um i guess we just have to wait for next year but uh, <laughs> yeah. we just keep switching off between the two but now is really do or die. They cannot lose another game if they want any hopes at uh, one New Year Six Bowl, but more importantly, a Big 12 championship, which they, um, you know, desperately, desperately want and need. I absolutely agree. So, all right. Um, let's get into TCU. Um, so we talked about this a little bit, but I want to just lay this out for everybody. TCU since week five, week five, they played Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel goes out their backup quarter. Davis Bevel comes in, um, Kansas week six, Jalen Daniels goes out. Jason Bean comes in. Jason Bean plays well for sure. Absolutely. But Jalen Daniels was legitimately playing Heisman caliber level quarterbacking for Kansas. Um, And obviously, you're like, it's Kansas. He would never win the Heisman. That doesn't matter. He was playing that good. Um, Week seven, Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders plays the whole game. Um, Rumors are he was injured, but he played the whole game. So you can't really say anything there. Kansas State, week eight. Um, Kansas State lost Adrian Martinez and Will Howard. Uh, Will Howard comes back. But at one point, Kansas State had their third quarterback in the game. Um, West Virginia, week nine, nothing wrong. Um, JT Daniels just kind of (laughs) stinks. Still not over last week. JT Daniels, unbelievable. Uh, It's like the meme, um, pray for my bro, nothing wrong with him. Uh, He just ugly. That's JT Daniels uh, for West Virginia right now. Um, And then last week, Texas Tech, Baron Morton goes out, true freshman, but was kind of doing well for Texas tech. He goes out, Tyler show comes in. Uh, he went 10 for 23. Um, absolutely terrible performance by him. So, um, TCU has played two starting quarterbacks since week five.
1: Uh, absolutely
0: <laughs> crazy right now. So, um, I'll kind of throw it to you there for a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, I, I've seen a lot of people say that TCU has been the luckiest team for this year. Um, and, and you just, you Lucky just Lucky or proof. dirty, people are, people are asking. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and you just, you just provided proof right there. Um, yeah. Five weeks where, or outside of West Virginia, but like we said, JT Daniels is very bad. Uh, five yeah. weeks where uh, you're not playing starting quarterbacks or you are, and they get yeah. injured and the backup comes in and even against K-State, their third string comes in and, um, it it's just really weird how lucky uh TCU has been. Um and I I will be depressed <laughs> if Quinn Ewers becomes victim to that. Oh my um, gosh. I, I'm hoping he doesn't, obviously, but uh it's it's gonna be interesting. I, I think TCU has a good team. Don't don't get me wrong, I think they have a good team, but I think they are overrated by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um I think they should be more around that 10 to 15 mark. Um, and then even then that's, that may be a stretch depending on if they play fully healthy teams, um, throughout the season in KU, Oklahoma state, K state. Um, but yeah, it's again, they're a good team, really good team Mm -hmm. probably should have one loss, maybe two right now, but Mm -hmm. I I don't think they deserve to be top four in the country. And I think we're going to show that, um, this weekend, um, in DKR with the lights on. Yeah. And,
0: um, you know, like you said, good team but more importantly, which is actually just a testament to them, really resilient team. Um, I can't even count. I didn't really look this up, but it seems like every single week, they're coming back in the third and fourth quarter, which, um, you know, at one point it's like, okay, you were losing to Texas tech in the third quarter without their starting quarterback. Like, but on the other hand, they kind of stepped up and came back and won that game. So, um, they've done that a few times um, this year. I know they did it against Kansas State as well. Um, I think they did it against West Virginia, believe it or not, as well. But, um, yeah, this TCU team has been resilient. Um, and this offense has been incredibly, incredibly explosive. But one of the biggest factors to that is Quinton Johnston, um, their yeah. star wide receiver, who is right now injured. Um, he got injured in week nine. Uh, he rolled his ankle. He played week 10 for, I think, literally one snap. That um, Definitely only one drive. Um, and then he was out of the game. He tried to play on it. He couldn't. Um, so he was out for that Texas Tech game. Um, that's a huge loss for, for this TCU team. Um, obviously takes probably the best uh, deep threat in the country out. Um, we talk about Xavier Worthy. Um, potentially should be one of the best deep threats in the country. Well, Quinton Johnson is. And uh, him being out for TCU is a huge blow to Max Duggan, um, Sonny Dykes, and this offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and this is one of the frustrating things. is Quinton Johnson was supposed to be a longhorn. <laughs> and and yeah. we just couldn't. I, I think at one point he was committed and he flipped to TCU. Um that, that's what's frustrating and I think that was at the end of the Tom Herman era as well so um, I understand it but I just hate it um, but yeah this, yeah this offense is really really good and it it kind of starts with Max Duggan his ability to run the ball um, and break off big runs and uh, is it Kendra Kendra Miller they're running back um, yes he, he is really really good as well averaging almost seven yards a carry uh 12 touchdowns. He has as many touchdowns as Bijan. Um mm-hmm. he's just a really, really good running back. Um and it averages more yards per carry than Bijan, too. Um mm-hmm. so again, this is now the second week in a row where we're gonna face one of the best running backs in the Big 12. Um is our defense gonna be able to hold up? Are they gonna be able to stop the run like we did with Deuce Vaughn? Um, and how we've been able to do uh for the rest of the year as well. We played really well against the run again mm-hmm. I, I think especially if Quentin Johnston is out this week, um, we need to force them to throw the ball to force them to yeah. beat us through the air uh, defend the run as as hard as we can run a spy on Duggan because he is electric uh, running the ball and you know kind of force him to throw the ball. he's a good passer don't don't get me wrong but Brown yeah. so. We'll see how it plays out. Again, I'm excited for it. I can't wait for this weekend, but uh, it's it's going to be interesting. And we really need to hold up on the on the front seven.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you laid it out perfectly. TCU. I, I talked about their explosive passing game, but and this is true for a lot of spread teams that people don't realize is they're built on the running game. they um, they're, they're kind of they're reliant on having great um, running backs um open lanes Tennessee was the same way against Georgia um it's not too dissimilar to that kind of game plan where um you kind of let um Tennessee try to beat you with Hendon Hooker um Georgia did and it didn't work out um they couldn't get any explosive plays on uh, on Georgia because Tennessee likes to set up the pass by running the ball in light boxes um And if you're not able to do that, it kind of ruins your entire offense and your offensive philosophy. So if Texas can do that against TCU on a smaller scale, um, you know, they're going to be in a good spot to win the game.
1: I absolutely agree. Absolutely. And um, I I do feel a lot better about this game. Obviously Um, going to play at TCU is always a tough road game. We've struggled against TCU the past few years, um, but having them at home, with game day, uh, night game, <laughs> it's yeah, that's I, this is probably again at this point in the season, this is probably a bigger game than Alabama was. The just yeah, the, absolutely the, yeah. um, the implications of this game, where we need to be um, to win this game, uh, it's a bigger game than Alabama, and, and, yep. <laughs> and it feels like I'm giving TCU too much credit, but but they played really well this year and they've earned that uh nine and oh record. Uh again, mm-hmm. they may have had some luck on their way, but but they're nine and oh for a reason. They're they're not just yeah. a bad team that fumbled into it. Um mm-hmm. they're a really good football team and Texas needs to come out firing and, and uh hopefully we see uh Quinn and Xavier connect on a few deep shots to kind of blow this thing open late in the game.
0: Absolutely. Yeah I feel like this TCU defense um has been getting a little bit too much credit. Almost uh, also similar to Tennessee where This TCU defense has just been kind of picking on um, bad offenses, and obviously we laid it out, but backup quarterbacks. Um, I think TCU kind of padded their stats there on the defensive side of the ball in that way. So Texas needs to take advantage of this TCU defense. Um, If we hold TCU to under 30, I think that's a huge defensive win. Kind of like you said, if we hold Big 12 teams to under 30, we should be able to score over 30. And if we don't, that's on Steve Sarkeesian and that offensive staff. So, um, yeah. Um, do you want to get into picks or do you have any any thoughts that I that I uh, overlooked here?
1: No, no, no. I, I'm going to get into picks. And, and uh, I think both of you and I had a pretty decent week last week, pick-wise.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, what was the final score of that Texas game?
1: It was thirty-four to twenty-seven.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we both picked 35-31, right? <laughs> yeah. We were really I I knew <laughs> we were close. Oh man, what a what a day. What a day. Um Okay, yeah. If you wanna I'll I'll let you start here while I pull up uh
1: the article. Yeah, uh so Ryan's let me start this week because last week he kinda of stole my thunder with uh yeah, with the scorpion. For... Yeah. No, no, and no, no. it did well too. <laughs> yeah, hey, we were we were both close. So that, that's all that yeah. matters. Um, mostly me because I went. For yeah, it. I, I kinda copied <laughs> you, but uh... <laughs> uh so at the beginning of the year I had uh um Texas beating TCU forty five to twenty. Um I, I didn't again, I thought TCU was gonna have a down year uh with the new staff and And a couple players hitting the portal. Um, But they've really played well this year. And again, I I think TCU should have one to two losses right now. But that does not mean they're bad. They're still a really, really good team. Um, So at the beginning of the year, Texas winning 45-20. I'm changing that score to Texas 42-38. So 42-38 Texas.
0: Wow, big uh big shootout there. Not much love for this Texas defense. <laughs> um okay, so beginning of the year. I had um apparently I did like this Sunny Dykes offense. I had Texas winning, but it was 38 to 31 Texas. So um I did have a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith in the Sunny Dykes offense. Um And I think, you know what, I think I'm just going to roll with that. I think I like that score a lot. Um, TCU's offense is really good. It's very different than the Kansas State offense. But um, I feel like um, they're going to be able to put up points on Texas. But I think their defense is what's going to be a problem uh, for them. And I think Texas is going to be able to score a little bit more here. Um, I like it 38-31 Texas. And – honestly i feel like if anything i could go up on that texas score i think i think that 42 or 45 that you said michael um in the beginning of the year or what you just said in the 42 i think those are good numbers too so um i don't know the the line is not out yet i know but texas team total i'm almost positive it's going to be a play this week um on the bets podcast
1: yeah and the, the spread's at seven and the overrunners at 64 and a half. So, yeah, you're kind of looking at that. What would that be? Mm-hmm. Whatever your score was that you threw out there. No, Mine would have been
0: 69.
1: Yeah. yeah so that's... a little bit less than that. 2835, yeah. maybe. That's, that's a little bit closer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see where it's at. And yeah, I might have to bet on texas a little bit (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) it's tough to bet that spread though i don't know if i'll yeah i won't dip into the spread that's tricky yeah yeah it's too big um so i'll just probably avoid that but i will i always bet texas in some way shape or form it usually ends up being a team total uh either the opponents under or they're over but i think i'm gonna roll with the texas tech or i'm sorry the texas team over uh here but we'll see what the line drops at i'd be shocked if there's anything more than like a 32 or 33 ish so yeah yeah i don't know we will see um and to catch that for sure um tune in on friday because that's when i'll be dropping the podcast so and i'm six and two uh on my last two weeks in exactly 60 percent on the year so we're absolutely rolling in this podcast nice <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we're up almost three units we're we're looking good we're looking good uh with three weeks left of the regular season um all right is, do you have any other uh, parting shots before we get out of here
1: yeah i i, I would just say if, if you're going to be at the game show up early be loud um yes. make sure to drink plenty during the day so you're extra loud that night but uh mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun plenty game of water plenty yeah. of water yeah, that, that, that's kidding. that's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, no, I don't want to be dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. it, it's going to be a fun game, and uh, just enjoy it. Again, enjoy this season. Texas has a really good team, but uh, yeah, we'll see. It, it's going to be fun. Uh, according to our predictions, I would take either of those scores honestly, um, and I, I think most Texas fans would as well. So um, enjoy the game, have fun, and and hope for Texas win
0: absolutely i think you hit the nail on the head there um all right that will do it for this week's episode if you enjoyed the podcast learned something or just want to support us at texas talk please rate five stars wherever you're listening but more importantly tell your friends and family about us um it's the best way to to kind of grow our brand um thank you all for listening and as always hook them
1: hook em.